with the rest of the world. The lens of the camera stretched out like a telescope as the photographer zoomed in. The shutter clicked. Now the older boy was pointing at something, his brother leaning to get a closer look. Determined not to be left out, the toddler struggled up the bank of shingle. The photographer zoomed in closer, clearly able to see the redness of the little boy's nose and the concentration on his face as he reached a mittened hand towards the object. No! The photographer opened her mouth to shout, but the air was sucked from her throat as a cloud of darkness suddenly obliterated the sky, a thump of explosion ricocheting round the bay, and shingle rained down like torrential hail. Through the cloud of dust, the photographer could just see three black shapes on the ground, two juddering, one very still. The parents were running now, their silhouettes all jagged and disharmonious. The publication of Michael Quinn's collection of short stories, entitled Foreigners, his first book for thirty years, had, as his publisher Roman Stone had warned, passed almost unnoticed, apart from one perceptive review in the Financial Times. There had been only brief mentions in the other papers, a particularly galling one in The Guardian, under the heading Angry Young Man Grows Middle-Aged in Middle England, compared the work unfavourably with his two novels published in the sixties. Although the excitable publicity girl at Portico Books assured Michael there was a lot of interest that she was actively chasing up, the only interview he'd been offered so far was with the Lowhampton Echo, the newspaper group that owned and supplied editorial content for most of the free local papers along the south coast, including Kingshaven's own chronicle. Michael was serving a customer in his second-hand bookshop, the bookshop on the quay, when the reporter arrived. He noticed him pick up a battered Wilbur Smith on the 10p table, read the back cover and put it down again. When the shop was empty, Michael put the closed sign up, showed him upstairs to the living room of the converted warehouse and made them both a cup of tea. The reporter's face was smooth as if he had yet to start shaving and his rather large teeth gave him the look of a schoolboy. But somewhat to Michael's surprise, he had read the book. I'm just wondering why you chose to set it in a fictional... The journalist raised both hands to indicate the intended quotation marks round his choice of word... South Coast Town. Michael thought for a moment. There's something about English seaside resorts that epitomises the decline of empire, he offered. The reporter started scribbling. Encouraged, Michael tried to elaborate. There's the shabbiness of it all, coupled with this misplaced pride. You know, every resort has to be best of something. Britain in bloom winner... The English Riviera, the biggest roller coaster, award-winning fish and chips. Doesn't matter whether it's Scarborough or Bognor Regis, there's a kind of lingering nostalgia. I suppose there was a time when these places were the best in the world. Until people saw the world? The reporter interrupted, making Michael feel he'd spoken for too long. You're originally from the north, but you've lived in Kingshaven since... 1952. Michael replied. Are you still a foreigner? Michael laughed, but it was a slightly more penetrating question than he'd been expecting. 
Well, I think a writer is always to a certain degree an outsider, he said, unwilling to get into the specifics of his life. The town in the stories is unnamed, but it's clearly somewhere very like Kingshaven. Michael said nothing. There's an intriguing piece about the discovery of an erotic Roman mosaic under the garden of a grand hotel. What was your inspiration for that? asked the journalist. I rather like the idea of a solid Victorian edifice with a seething sexual orgy in its foundations. Just another metaphor, then, the journalist said. Michael said nothing. Several of the stories are set in the war and its aftermath, the journalist went on. Does that era particularly interest you? Michael winced at the word era, which made it sound like ancient history, which, he supposed to the young man, it was. I think the character of my generation, oh, if it has one...